It's 6 p.m. and you are listening to community-supported radio, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, May 14th, 2021. I'm Joyce Miller and this is the KVMR Evening News. After the BBC News headlines, the California Report explores how new federal guidelines on protective face coverings could make things awkward for Governor Newsom. Then we'll have a roundup of weekend news and weather. The Strawberry Music Festival won't be coming to the fairgrounds this month, but Felton Pruitt has news on how Hog Ranch Radio will bring the festival to us. We end our newscast with comedian Richard Stockton's tale of a haircut that ended very badly. This is the California Report, and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. We start with a landmark moment in the long, hard fight against COVID. According to new guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, people who are fully vaccinated can stop wearing masks in most places, including most indoor settings. Here's President Biden talking about the new federal guidance at the White House yesterday. I think it's a great milestone, a great day. It's been made possible by the extraordinary success we've had in vaccinating so many Americans so quickly. But, and we underscore the word but, the CDC's new mask guidance is just that, guidance. And here in California, the state and its counties will have the final word for when and where masks come off. Right now, California's mask rules are still in place, but Governor Newsom has indicated changes are coming to the state's mask mandate, probably by June 15th, the target date to reopen the state. Dr. John Swartzberg with UC Berkeley School of Public Health says the new federal recommendations could put Newsom in an uncomfortable position. Well, I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on Governor Newsom. Uh, Frankly, I think his approach is very reasonable, and that is to say outdoors, it's very safe without a mask. Indoors, a little more tentative, and we'll see how things are in the middle of June. I like that policy better than, frankly, the CDC statement. And we'll note that the CDC's new mask guidelines still call for unvaccinated or partially vaccinated people to keep wearing their masks in most indoor and outdoor settings. Let's turn to criminal justice. In a petition, 41 of California's 58 district attorneys are challenging State Department of Correction rules that could allow for the early release of tens of thousands of inmates in state prisons. The inmates would be released early after earning enough good conduct credits. The DAs say the early release rules were adopted without adequate public input and could threaten public safety. The reform-minded district attorneys of Los Angeles and San Francisco declined to join the petition. Let's turn to water. Drought conditions have intensified in parts of California, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor report released yesterday. And earlier this week, Governor Newsom expanded a drought emergency declaration to 41 of California's 58 counties. We wanted some perspective on what kind of drought challenges the Golden State faces, so we've reached out to Cora Kammeyer, senior researcher at the Oakland-based Pacific Institute. It's a nonprofit that studies water. Water policy. Cora, what's your read on where we are right now? To answer that question, I have kind of two pieces. One, I think, is to make sure that we're paying close attention to 
the uh, communities and systems that have been the historical, you know, quote unquote, losers in drought times in California. And two of the most you know, important topics there are small rural communities, uh, largely in California's Central Valley, um, that are on small community water systems or domestic wells that we saw uh, fail or run dry in the last big drought in California. So that's a community to really uh, watch out for and make sure that we are addressing the needs of those small communities better than we did in the last round. Um, and then the other, you know, really vulnerable sector when it comes to water in California is ecosystems. And, you know, it's ironic because, of course, all of our water comes from ecosystems, but aquatic ecosystems are often kind of the bottom of the priority list when it comes to drought in California. Um, and that has really negative impacts not only for, you know, having healthy ecosystems, which is so important to California, but also to the uh, regulatory risks that uh, water users face when we see aquatic species, particularly endangered species, uh, populations start to decline because they don't have sufficient water quality and quantity. And what about drought conditions this year and something we often hear about, which is the rural-urban split here in California? So I think here we can maybe draw on some of the lessons from the last drought. You do often in dry times in California start to see water transfers uh, from more rural or uh, farm communities to cities. Um, but we also see, and we demonstrated in the last drought, that cities and urban areas in California really have the capacity to conserve when they're asked to. Um, when it comes to farmland, I think an important dimension of this to consider is that often in droughts in agricultural contexts, uh, water users use groundwater as kind of the, you know, the piggy bank during dry times. And with the passage of the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act in 2014, um, there's now more demands and requirements for more sustainable use of that groundwater. And so for agriculture, that means you know, potentially likely needing to take some farmland out of production, but also needing to get more innovative with how they are, um, you know, using water more efficiently, um, selecting, you know, crops in a way that reflects water uh, availability. Um, and so I think that's some of what we're going to see on the agricultural side. Are we more prepared now in 2021 to uh, to confront droughts than we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, in a sense, have we drought hardened the state in fundamental ways where, yes, still very much a big problem. I get that. But we're able to navigate it more effectively than we did in the past. Yes, I think absolutely. I think we have learned a lot and there has been so much great progress made to figure out, you know, better, smarter water management for California communities. That being said, I think a lot of that progress is being matched with increasing risks that we're seeing because of climate change. So as we're solving the problem, the problem is getting harder. Um, and so I think we still have a long way to go. All right. Uh Cora, thank you so much. I really appreciate your, your time. And um, now we haven't gotten to other issues, but one hopes we can in future conversations, okay? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to talk again. Again, that's Cora Kammeyer of the Pacific Institute. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. 
and Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. All right, that is the California Report for Friday, May 14th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin. Our producers are Keith Mizuguchi and Holly J. McDeed. Our editor is Angela Corral. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and weekend and talk on Monday. Ubinet.com reports that Caltrans is alerting motorists of planned construction work Saturday on State Route 174 between Ubet Road and Greenhorn Access Road in Nevada County. Motorists can expect one-way traffic control from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday in preparation for anticipated shoulder widening and paving work next week on the $27 million safety improvement project. Following the completion of this work, a traffic lane shift is tentatively scheduled for May 21st between Quail Point Lane and Ubet Road. Traffic will be temporarily shifted to the west side of the existing roadway. Work on the project continues to be performed during daylight hours Monday through Friday between 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. with occasional Saturdays. Reversing one-way traffic control is being used to manage traffic with 20-minute delays anticipated. The Sacramento Bee reports today that Trader Joe's has announced that people who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 will no longer be required to wear face masks at the grocery store chain. Trader Joe's today became the first major retailer to update its guidance to allow vaccinated customers to go unmasked. The change comes after the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced Thursday that people fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. There are exceptions, including during travel on planes, buses, and trains. Employees at Trader Joe's will still be required to wear masks, CNN Business reported. Target and Walmart are among the major retailers still requiring masks for all customers. Other retailers said they will review the CDC's recent guidance and reevaluate. Peter Wilson and Joe Craven are gearing up for a show starting at 7 tonight at the Golden Era Lounge on Broad Street in Nevada City. There is a cover charge. The show continues until 10 p.m. Saturday night, Peter Wilson will perform with Paul Emery on the patio at 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Nevada Irrigation District's annual No Motor Day is Sunday at Scott's Flat Lake. Sailboats, canoes, kayaks, and paddleboards will be allowed entry to the Scott's Flat Recreation Area without charge for the day. Use of motorized boats will be suspended for the entire day. Information can be found at nidwater.com. Finally, sfgate.com reports today that a crisis has developed in Lake Tahoe. The market for hot tubs is so overheated that wait times are up to six months long. Nationwide, hot tub sales were up almost 7.5% last year, according to the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance Trade Group. Average wait time for new hot tub deliveries across the country was about 30 weeks in 2020, five times as long as the turnaround time in 2019. 
The SFGATE report attributes the shortage to the influx of Tahoe transplants arriving at the height of the pandemic, able to work remotely and dreaming of mountain living. In regional weather for the weekend, a system from the northern Pacific will bring a cooling trend and possible isolated showers and thunderstorms to northern California, including the Sierra and its foothills, into Sunday and Monday. The effects could include downpours, gusty winds, hail, and new fire starts from lightning in the driest areas. Tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley, some clouds giving way to mainly clear skies with a low of 53 degrees. Cooler Saturday with mixed sunshine and clouds and a possible stray shower or thunderstorm. The expected high will be 71 with a low of 56. Sunday in Nevada City and Grass Valley will look a lot like Saturday, but slightly cooler. Sunny and warmer Monday with a high of 77 and a low of 56. Tonight in Truckee, partly cloudy with a low of 36. Saturday in Truckee, rain showers in the morning with numerous thunderstorms developing in the afternoon with a high of 61 and a low of 39. Chance of rain, 60%. Truckee's forecast for isolated thunderstorms will continue through Monday. In Sacramento, partly cloudy tonight with a low of 52. Saturday in Sacramento, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high near 80 and a low of 53. Sunday in Sacramento, mostly sunny with a high of 79 and a low of 51, with winds up to 20 miles per hour. The Strawberry Music Festival has been postponed to next spring, but the Strawberry Experience, past and present, will be available in audio form all through Memorial Day weekend, thanks to the legendary Hog Ranch Radio. Here's more from Felton Pruitt. We're talking with Jody Barnett from the Strawberry Music Festival. Uh, Strawberry is doing a very special presentation of Hog Ranch Radio over this Memorial Day weekend. Jody, thanks for talking with us. Thanks, Felton. I am very happy to be here. I'm happy to talk to the listening audience there at KVMR, and very, very excited about the upcoming broadcast. What I have written down is Rockin' the Road presents a Hog Ranch radio broadcast, Keep Tuned and Berry On. That sounds pretty that's cool. It. Happening Thursday, May 27th through Sunday, May 30th, and that's going to be Hog 68, which means we've been doing Hog Ranch radio for 68 festivals. That's right, and um, there couldn't be a better time for hog 68 um to, to bring us a little bit of the strawberry way to get us through this next year so we get to see each other again at the spring 22 music festival in uh grass valley so uh, really excited to connect with folks this way um i know we all feel like we need a little bit of um connection and and this i think is a really great way to do it and a really great way to uh present the authentic uh festival experience the sounds of the strawberry experience. And what you and Bix have done is gathered a bunch of us uh, hog broadcasters, and we're going to be putting together uh, programming for four days, and some will be, there'll be some archive stuff, there'll be some live stuff, there'll be some pre-produced stuff. It should be just a wonderful four-day broadcast from the hog. Well, that's right. There are so many musical memories to draw from all across the board. We're not um, going to focus on any one area of the festival. We want to bring the sounds from the Breakfast Club and 
the band scramble and the revival and Amy's and the big bear and the workshop stages um, for Mather and, and get some of those very special um, memories and anecdotes. I mean, there's lots of stories we want to continue to capture and to make available those stories, our story, our collective story of the strawberry experience and bring in some folks and ways that you can participate. So, so we've got the strawberry past and then we want to connect with each other in the strawberry present. We don't have that festival to be there physically together, but we can still connect on the air and in the spirit. And so some folks have already planned to get together over the weekend like they did last year. Some folks will have special pods in their backyard. We'll, they'll be doing their own backyard jam. Uh, we certainly want to connect to anyone who wants to participate in that way. We'll be able to remote Zoom those uh, jams in. We can do some stuff live. We can do some call-ins, some stories, some memories um, that you might want to share. We'll be hearing from crew members. We'll be hearing a little bit about the Strawberry Sound experience. And really, there's just no area of the festival that we don't want to hear from or talk to or touch on. And so it's, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I hope, you know, you can participate just by listening. Of course, it's going to be easy and it's going to be free. And it's all sponsored by our nonprofit partner, Rock and Road, who is just uh, doing some great things with youth music here locally. And we're really grateful that they can help us out um, and make this happen. Explain to folks about Rock and the Road. Now, I'll give them a quick explanation of where it all, the genesis. The genesis is there was a place at Camp Mather called Rock and the Road. It actually happened to be where Dave Barnett, Buzz, our engineer from KVMR, used to camp all the time. And a lot of other people camped around there, too. The Rock and Road came from that Rock in the Road. It kind of felt like... um an obstacle to us that we were going around and going with the flow and enjoying and making it become part of us and, and part of who we are, that obstacle that becomes something special and beautiful that we kind of turn that, you know, lemons into strawberry lemonade, I guess is what I like to say. <laughs> yeah. We're talking with Jody Barnett from the Strawberry Music Festival, who are putting on a four-day broadcast of Hog Ranch Radio uh, live May 27th through May 30th go to strawberrymusic.com and then that's one way to get the link to to listen in and there you're going to give other people you're going down the road you're going to give other ways to listen as well yeah there's going to be a lot i mean this is still in development so there's going to be a lot more information to come um, those folks who are on our email notification list um, are always getting the most up-to-date information and we'll be sending the link out that way to that list you can sign up right there on our homepage at strawberrymusic.com and you can just check our daily blog to see if there's anything new there at strawberrymusic.com. And all that information will be provided. The link and the frequency to tune in will come a little bit closer to the event. So don't panic if you don't have it yet. We're certainly going to make that uh, very free and very available and easy to share. We've certainly been um, working on our, our whole archive. Like That's really important to us right now is that we have an archive of of the music, of the stories, of the people, of the artwork, of everything that has made Strawberry what it is over the past uh, 38 years. And that's um, audio is so important to that because of the music side of it and the stories and the people and how we all came together and how we came to Strawberry to begin with and what it means to us. Well, we're talking with Jody Barnett from the Strawberry Music Festival coming up Thursday, May 27th through Sunday, May 30th. It's Rockin' the Road presents a Hog Ranch Radio broadcast. Keep tuned and bury on. We wish you the best with this, Jody. They go to strawberrymusic.com, and you'll be sending out more information to the folks on the list. 
Absolutely. Stay tuned and bury on. All right. Thanks a lot for talking with us, Jody. Thank you, Felton. We'll see you on the radio. Bonus content from Felton's interview with Jody Barnett is available at kvmr.org in the news and podcast sections. A haircut can be invigorating. This one turned out to be very dangerous. Just ask Richard Stockton. I was once falsely arrested as an armed robber. Here's my tale. Wrong place, wrong haircut. The cops collar me while I'm walking to my stand-up gig at Laughs Unlimited Comedy Club in Sacramento. They say I've been positively identified as an armed robber. I laugh. i just gotten my hair done with black spikes, and the beautician said, You look dangerous. I'm even laughing about my dangerous haircut when the police handcuff my hands behind my back, stand me against a wall. They're going to figure this out. Then the young woman with mascara smeared from crying looks at me for three seconds and nods her head. It's him. Suddenly, my new haircut is not funny. People passing by look at me like I'm vermin. Some step forward to peer into my face. They can't resist seeing what a real scum looks like. And once arrested, the cops treat me like scum. The sergeant doesn't have time to check out my story that I've been on stage performing at the comedy club all week. I've got a positive ID. He grabs the front of my coat and pulls my face close to his. Gotcha! They drive me to the city jail, take my possessions, and put me in a holding cell packed with 30 men who are in for everything from genital exposure to murder. I've got my stage clothes on, silk white jacket, eyeliner, mascara, skinny black tie. Not the look you want for jail. I could have had a sign on my back that said fresh meat. My new haircut doesn't make me feel dangerous. I'm terrified. A six-foot-six-inch skinhead with a swastika tattooed on his cheek pulls my arrest sheet out of my hands. The cell falls silent. Everybody wants to know what the weirdo in semi-drag is in there for. His lips move. I'm impressed he can read. Armed robbery? You? He frowns. It says seven times. You, You committed armed robbery seven times. I just shrug. Who keeps count? The cell breaks into murmurs of admiration. I think, man, I could make it big in here. After getting my naked body cavity search, jail uniform, and being put in an all-white cell, it takes the cops 29 hours to figure out I'm the wrong guy. I still think about the seven people who had been robbed. If they had looked at me in court and nodded their heads, I would be behind bars today. Months later, my investigating officer shows me a picture of the man they finally arrest for the holdups. He is white. They got the skin color right. He did have spiky black hair. I guess my new hairdo did make me look dangerous. I think about the two million Americans currently in prison, and I wonder how many of them are in there for being in the wrong place with the wrong haircut. That's tonight's newscast. Stay tuned for the California Report magazine coming up next at 6.30 with a documentary on The Year of Singing Dangerously. 
The pandemic devastated California arts and culture, financially, socially, and emotionally. An audio doc follows what happened to singers across our state. And at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. KVMR gets support from Craig Johnson Plumbing, serving Nevada and Placer County since 2004, now partnered with Clearwater and Filtration, providing water testing services, treatment recommendations, home filtration system design, and existing equipment evaluation. Information at clearwaterandfiltration.com. And Holistic Health Services Consultation and Coaching, guiding clients toward self-healing and health independence through online seminars, offering natural therapies including detox and dietary programs, plus massage, shiatsu acupressure, and water therapies. Information, holisticeye.com. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza and airs Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. We'll be back Monday evening. Have a safe weekend.